It's time for Type 40, your Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook on the Fandom Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hadley, Birmingham's King of the Geeks, your regular host, and still gathering thoughts here in the wake of Doctor Who's Diamond Anniversary event year. For the first podcast of 2024, though, we've got something momentous to share with you here on our free-speaking, big-thinking show for everyone. Yes, we talk about it all on this show whenever and wherever and however you started your journey with the Doctor. With the Doctors. 15 incarnations, 61 years and counting. Come and celebrate it all, whether it's an anniversary or not, here on Type 40. And we're suffering a temporal glitch right here and now ourselves, not only to cover one of the biggest events in the Doctor Who calendar, but to host a panel all of our own. This can't be right, Simon. I mean, who on earth would encourage you and I to do something like this? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of bizarre, really, isn't it? I mean, it it, it sort of came a little bit out of nowhere. We, You and I have always talked about this and we've always been keen to sort of do something at a convention and to get involved. Um, and because I've been going to Hooverville for so many years, um, it was just a convention that I knew very well uh, and I knew the style of it, I knew how they ran it and I knew it was very us, it was very type 40. Um, I really hoped that Hooverville would not be offended if I sort of say, <laughs> I feel they do their convention in a very similar way to how we do type 40, which is yes. take it very seriously, but not take it at all seriously, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It became more than obvious when we had the uh, the godfather of Hooverville, didn't we? Stephen Hatcher was on the show late last summer, What wasn't he? In the run-up to yes. Hooverville 14, which took place again at Quad in Derby on Saturday, the 2nd of September, 2023. And uh, yeah, everything sort of lined up very, very nicely. You you and I and Sarah and Shah, we spent the day running up and downstairs, didn't we? Three stories worth, in and out of corridors, ducking and diving, wheeling and dealing chatting up and cooling down now and again various guests and other attendees having a whale of a time and and that time positively flew by didn't it it did i mean i mean it really has to be said that behind the scenes beforehand you know when steve hatcher basically said yeah you know you're on guys and so you and i were like okay so what does that actually mean what have we got to do here i think we were just relieved that steve was going to let us in yeah we had, we had no idea that he was going to let us up on stage my phrase of the day was flying by the seat of our pants and we really really were but in a good way it was all good fun we were we were wheeling along it, it was we were freewheeling. that's what we were in doing. a great way and i think it's partly because of the people that were involved you know Steve and Andrew and everybody else at the Hoovers were very, very inviting, very accommodating. The staff yeah. at Quad were immensely helpful. The surroundings were beautiful, even though it was somewhat of a of a grey day at first. I mean, mm-hmm. the historic side to mm-hmm. Derby, wasn't it? So you got all sorts of buildings and things in the immediate area of mm-hmm. Quad. And the food was great. The company was yes. fantastic. Hospitality was brilliant. We were made very, very welcome. And we could have felt like we were the, the, the new kids on the block, which indeed we were. I don't know about you, I didn't feel like it. They made us very, very welcome. I, I think it's the first time they'd had a podcast there for a number of years. So they were kind of, um, you, you know, learning on, on the job. We were all learning on the job. And that's why if we'd had less 
willing people on the Hooverville side, it would have been a lot harder all round. But they were they were very willing. They were very easy going with us, um, and and it, it was a great pleasure. We look, we had a ball, didn't we, Dan? We had a ball. Yeah, and, I, and in all actuality, whilst it was great to sort of. Uh, on the microphone and up on stage and, and and talking to people and and other people listening and all this sort of stuff it was it was very very warm and uh, and very communal that and that was fantastic that's exactly what we wanted it to be i think the best thing about it was simply to meet in person a few of the people we'd had on the show and spoken to remotely so it's it's friends and chums from the fandom from times past Mm-hmm. and the present and people that we've wanted that we've had on several times people like keith from from real time pictures from the the myth makers videos he was there too and although he was running around just as much as we were we at least got to shake hands with the guy and, yes. and ian kubiak from cygnus alpha was there too lots yeah. of the fantastic people we were bound to catch up with them eventually i think that's the <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and, and some of the viewers, some of the Type 40 viewers were there and they came to say yeah. hello, which was great. We'd always hoped that that would be because we're very much in case of we want to get out there into the public. We want to meet people. That's how we are. Um, and so that was great as well. It was lovely. And if you're one of the people who introduced yourselves to any of us hanging around on stairwells or in the auditoriums or even in the in the cafeteria outside quad that day, hey, thank yeah. you. Thank you for doing that. It, it uh, yeah, it made all the difference to us. It really brightened up our day and sort of kept us going too, didn't it, Simon? Yeah, and we were a bit cheeky. We were a bit cheeky. We were going up to people. So many people did lovely little links for us and, and they were all, nobody refused us, I have to say. Everybody that we asked would you like to do a bit on camera? Every single person said yes. <laughs> meeting the other guests, meeting people like Sophie Aldridge, Michael Jason. And everyone who indulged us, you know, you have our immense gratitude yeah. <laughs> for that alone. And none more so than our three guests we're going to get to hear from on this edition of Type 48 Doctor Who podcast. And I'm talking about Mr. Tim Trelaw. He plays the third Doctor for Big Finish at the moment and has been doing for several years now. But he's a, a very renowned actor outside of the universe. So he's here with us, as is Jonathan Carley, too, an actor and performer, huge Doctor Who fan, just as it turns out, and lately has become noted for for playing the role of the younger War Doctor again for Big Finish. And last but definitely not least was uh, Doctor Who fandom publishing legend, Mr. Gary Russell, old friend of yours, Simon. So we got to get Gary up on stage as well and have a proper chin wag with him at long, long last. Mm, yeah, I mean, Gary and I go back... Oh decades to be honest back to the, sort of the mid 80s when we would hang out um at uh, at conventions and it has to be said all three of them were really good sports on this because yeah. you and i sort of had conversations beforehand about look so what can we do that might be a little bit different uh rather than just asking them the regular questions and this is why we did to be clear we did sort of speak to them beforehand in the green room and sort yeah. of say look we're going to go a little bit off off the wall with this. We're not going to ask you the regular questions. We, we're going to take the mickey a little bit. We're just going to have fun with it. Uh, and you and I were a little bit nervous of what their reaction would be. And fortunately, their reaction was, bring it on. I did notice the whites of Gary's eyes in particular <laughs> when you put that proposition to him. But he's made of pretty stern stuff. And he yeah. weathered it very, very well. That's after I remind you that if you'd like to do some real-time travelling of your own, each and every edition of this show, past, present and future, 
is just a tap or two away on the device of your choice, but only if you know exactly where to look. There's a proper time stream chock full of reviews, previews, interviews, geek outs and deep dives with all our regular panellists and lots more awesome guests. We know there's something for every fan over at type40.podbean.com. More about that later on, but not before we make contact with the matrix of all knowledge that we call the Fandom Podcast Network for a word about all the other cult conversations going on across all the other shows over there. So yes, brace yourself, Simon. We're about to relive our experience live on stage with our guests and a willing audience too there at quad in derby last september at this very first type 40 live show thank you very much for joining us this afternoon welcome it's lovely to have you here we kind of didn't know we'd get anybody with the train strikes so it's just wonderful to have somebody here so thank you very much thanks to our guests are you going to introduce them dan yes this is what starting from uh, from the very end yeah that's can I, can I just actually? I just want to do this because this oh. is this is no, just this this guy. Oh, this is go. national treasure and living legend, <laughs> Sir Gary Russell. Please put it together, Sir Gary Russell. He's a dead legend, wouldn't he? I haven't seen Simon for well over 30 years, and I think there's probably going to be a lot of revenge going on. <laughs> yeah, I think there probably will be. 30 years worth of. of can I say? No, I can't say. No, you can't say it. He's taking to catch up on <laughs> here with us at Type 40 Live here, live at Hooverville, 14 here at the Quad in Derby. And we're also joined too by two genuine big Finnish doctors. Not one but two. We've got Mr. Jonathan Carr looking very dapper over there. I've already like complimented him on the breeze coat. Blinders, you're just missing the. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. fabulous. Great to have you here. And Tim Trelaw, the third doctor himself. So, big round of applause for our panel, please! <laughs> for joining us. It's fabulous to see you here. You've already done I don't know how many interviews today, so I think we're probably, it's a bit like a press junket, isn't it, this? Yeah. You know, this must feel like about your fifth interview so far today. So we'll try to mix it up a bit and do something a little bit different. Well, I do need, I need to ask, I, I've got to come to Gary Russell first, because yeah, just to put this very quickly in context, Gary, you and I used to hang around together at conventions back in the mid 80s. Yes. And we actually bonded over a, a love of Gary Newman. Do you remember? There are people out there who are sitting there saying, who is Gary Newman? Was it, who is well, it? Was he Dr. Who? They don't know who Gary Newman is. They don't deserve to. They can leave They, can they, they are thinking he was in Doctor Who. So no, no, no. He's 13 days older than Gary Oldman. Yeah. There's a fact of the day. Somebody write that down. Yeah, somebody, somebody fact check that. You got that off Wikipedia, didn't you? And we know how reliable Wikipedia is. Well, it yeah. is actually true. It's true. It's okay, fair true. enough. So as yeah. I say, yeah, Gary, you and I go back to the mid-80s. What's it like being at a convention now as a guest? Because in the back in the day, you were a mere punter like me. Um, I, I, is it different? No, because we're all fans. So it just, you know, we're all still in here mm -hmm. Doctor Who fans so that doesn't change mm -hmm. um, it's quite nice to be sitting up on a stage and <laughs> having something to talk about but you know that's just because I got off my bum and made something happen once and for some reason people quite liked it which is a bit weird um, and the rest is history and the rest is history once. an upward trajectory but you're never you can never take the fan out of me mm -hmm. it's, it's it'll always be there it's genetically wired into me to be at conventions and, and be with 
the Doctor Who family and be part of it. You say once there, Gary, but you know, it's not once, is it? You are the Doctor Who magazine guy, you're the big finish guy, you're the novelist guy, you've done all of these things. Yes. Terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. I haven't written for the show. <laughs> Russell. But you did work on it, you script I did script it, yeah. It, yeah. Um, it's, it's been an interesting way to be a Doctor Who fan. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I started off doing fanzines, like yeah. you did. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, everything has been a spiral from that, really. Mm -hmm. um, I've always said that I was very lucky in that everything that's happened career-wise, um, I was in the right place at the right time. There's no, <laughs> no natural talent in any of this. It has always been the face has suddenly slotted into something and someone's come along and said, oh, why don't you do this? And you think, oh, no, all yeah. right then, I'll give that a go because I've not done that before. And Jonathan, mm. Doctor Who fan? <coughs> yeah, born and bred. Really? Yeah. 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 I, I first discovered the series before it came back mm -hmm. in 2005. Because um, so, I'm a child of the wilderness years. Ah. Um, but as Doctor Who tends to do, is it, it finds people. I always think in many ways the wilderness years was a good time actually because it made people be creative. We mm. had to make our own Doctor Who, we had to f make our own entertainment, literally. And so I think in many ways the wilderness years was such a creative time for Doctor Who fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because they, they never let it go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we were a tenacious lot. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 ne it never went away and it was always sustained by something or other. Mm -hmm. Were you reading Doctor Who magazine when Gary was the editor? Because you, a lot of innovation with that title, you really pushed on with, with expanding what that magazine could be, didn't you? So were you, were you buying the magazine, were you doing all those fanish things? I, I didn't, back then I didn't, I wasn't aware of the magazine, to be perfectly honest. Sorry oh. Gary. <laughs> I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> so, but like, tr trying to, because the show wasn't being, it was only being broadcast on UK Gold and we didn't have Sky. Yeah. So it was dependent on the videos, which mm. were still coming out. Mm. But even some of them had stopped being produced. So some stories were as good as lost and they, unless mm -hmm. you could uh, mm -hmm. uh, pay, pay the pretty penny that some of them were being asked for. But Death to the Daleks, a story, I will die on the hill that that story has done more legwork in the wilderness years for bringing people into the fandom. Um, there's a thesis to be written in that. Death of the Daleks brought people into the, the world. Well, we've done it. We covered it on the podcast. We did. Yeah, we did. Stephen I think I'm correct in saying it's one of the best-selling videos that they had. You're sniggering. So cheers. Let's hear about your Doctor Who fandom side. What mine? Yeah. Well, now obviously doing the trying to recreate the Pertwee era. I've become immersed in his years, obviously. Because let's be honest, you're not. Uh, is it fair to say you're not a fan? Well, well hang on a minute. Wait, 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 yeah, right. I'm a fan of the Who, a massive fan of the Who. And I am actually. But look, I was a massive uh, Tom Baker fan. I was a massive okay. Fourth Doctor fan when I was a kid. Um, but no one had told me about the regeneration thing, so I had no idea. And when it came to the episode when he regenerated to Peter Davison, mm -hmm. and then the next week mm -hmm. it wasn't Tom Baker. I was you were unhappy. What's going on? What's going on? This is not Doctor Who anymore. Okay. So Doctor, Doctor Who for me was the bloke with the long scarf who had jelly babies, and that was it. For many so people, it unfortunately, is. I found girls in sport. <laughs> and the that. Who. And the Who. And so, yeah, it just, it just, I, just, I just left it behind, unfortunately. Okay. But then, obviously, now, I, you know, I'm a massive fan of the, the Pervy era. Well, I was born with a plastic spoon in my mouth. Were you? And yeah, I was. I was. That's, that's another story. That's, <laughs> that's, good. that's a quite niche. Uh, <laughs> What's your favourite track by the Who? 
Oh gosh, it's either I can't explain. Favourite well, Favourite album is going to be Quadrophenia. It's, it's going to be Bellboy. I've had enough. Or um, I can't explain, but all of tra tracks. And so, come on, Tim. What would the Third Doctor then make of all of this at this convention? And we wanted this in Third Doctor what style. Do you mean, what would John yeah, the Third Doctor. What would the Third Doctor say about this? In what way? I don't know. Just, <laughs> I don't know. That's really hard. I'm question. just. I'm egging out of you a third doctor impression. That's I what I'm can't. Well, yeah, no. Way. You well, judge us by the word. This man, well, okay. Simon. This isn't. Fair. It's basically this. A cup of tea and plastic cake, please, Aunt Sally. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, thank you very much. Yeah. So um, yeah. Um, I think he'd love this, wouldn't he? I think he did convention this. He loved convention. Yeah. And he always used to turn up in in full costume. So he did, yeah. Always, always so and he used to and stand on stage. No pressure, pressure, guys, no pressure. Would he? What would he, he call it? He would call them conferences. Conferences. Oh, is that right? would say, we're at a Doctor Who convention, oh, okay. and he would go, and I'm here at this conference. And he, yeah. he, he had an absolute aversion to the word convention. God knows why. Yeah. But he never referred to them as Doctor Who conventions. Oh, right, always okay. Doctor Who conferences. And he took them very seriously, didn't he? He yeah. loved them. He, he, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he was, the man was a performer. Yeah. So even when he was at a convention, he was performing all the time. He took it incredibly seriously. Um, he he wanted everyone to see the third Doctor effectively. Not in the sense that he believed he was the third Doctor, but he knew that that's why people were coming, and therefore he wanted to give them the show. The Poe's background being in variety and everything mm. like that, he knew how to do a turn. He yeah. knew how to always <laughs> be on. Mm. He was a cabaret star, and so yes. he brought that to inventions, didn't he? Took the Doctor Who very seriously because it was his first mm -hmm. serious role. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm told he used to um, he used to spit feathers when he used to get lots of S's in the scripts, and uh, because of the sibilant S. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so Katie tells me, and I, he apparently as well, he was he was meant to be on HMS Hood. That's um, correct. Yeah. He survived. Which yeah, went yeah. down only three out of 1500. He happened to just not survive that day. Yeah, he was on shore leave or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. In, it's incredible. So, what do you check your scripts for then, Tim, when they come through? Oh, the good griefs, the precise the fascinating. Yes. Um, yeah, basically, I, I do like it when there's lots of S's in there because it helps with the, doing the voice with that. Um, I'm, try, I'm, trying to I'm trying to learn. The thing I'm trying to learn at the moment is trying to deliver. You know, he used to deliver like about five lines in one yes. one breath, and very sort of like a low um, mm -hmm. a low tone to his voice. That's mm -hmm. the bit I'm working on at the minute. Mm -hmm. I think I've got the softness now of him because I remember I don't remember John John Pertwee's Doctor. Obviously, I, th I think I saw it a rerun or something mm -hmm. when I was a kid, and he scared me. He was he was because I, I was used to Tom Baker being this sort of overgrown schoolboy yeah. who I loved and Canine who I, yeah. was my favourite character. I love Canine. I canine absolutely love Canine. It's my favourite character. I want Agreed. a third Doctor story with Canine. <laughs> um, but so John Pope was scared. He was a bit like a school teacher to me. And it's only s since playing him that I've learned to to find out so much more about him and learn to love him. Uh, my, my earliest memory uh, uh, in life actually is the demons, is Bok from oh, the demons. Yes. That's literally my earliest memory in life. Yeah. Gary, do you have a sort of an earliest Doctor Who memory? Yeah, because I'm really ancient. <laughs> uh, well, so obviously mine was on repeat. I, yeah. was, I, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't um, really three in 1962. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched, uh, I remember watching the Hartnell Trouton regeneration. I had no idea what it was, but I, Old brothers, yeah, and and they were, you know, my mum's idea of babysitting was you two look after him and yeah. make him watch whatever television you're watching, and I remember very vividly this this moment where what appeared to me to be three old age pensioners, because Ben and Polly were both 
white head on a black and white TV screen right. and they all looked like my grandma, all three of them. <laughs> and one of them fell down and my two brothers were absolutely like this. So I was, I mean, I was three or four and I was like, I don't quite understand what's going on. But wow. they're very excited by this. And then the music happened and that was the moment I was hooked because mm. then I could not be stopped from watching Doctor Who because of the music. Yeah. So, so it was the music, literally the thing to you, literally the music that made you me in. go, oh, I, I, I recognise what I'm watching because of that piece of music. So every week that music was on, I had to watch it, whether my brothers wanted to or not. Yeah. Uh, and so, and Jonathan, presumably for you then, it was death. To, is the, it wasn't literally death to the Daleks on video I that brought you into so. the there, there was a couple of moments. There was the other moment was um, when Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 yeah. with Peter Cushing was on Channel Four during the summer holidays. And Mum just plonked it on and said, you might like this. And, well, here we are. Wow. <laughs> Things escalated a little bit. Um, and something about the Daleks at that time, seeing something that objectively seems inanimate. Yeah. But it's coming to life and not being able to figure out how, why. Mm -hmm. It's coming from within, not from without or strings or anything. Um, it, that, that stuck in my imagination, for sure. Um, and then gradually just sort of creeped in, like discovering the, the Doctor Who website. And bizarrely, I think one Christmas I got the Destiny of the Doctor's PC game. That's a Christmas Which is a really game. deep cut. Yeah. Um, and Anthony Amy's and I, best performance. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really am sorry for that. <laughs> Being able to discover. Past to me. Yeah. Being able to discover the codes on that. Yeah. That were completely out of context, yeah. more or less. Like yeah. the, the famous speech from Genesis of the Daleks, the, with Davros going, I will do it. Just get the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. But there was no real way to really follow it up. So just those moments that stuck in my, in my brain and see that curiosity. I always think it's wonderful for people like yourself that came to Doc 2 late in the day after it had finished mm. and then suddenly discover that they've got this huge wealth of material to discover. Is there anybody else out here that was kind of, the same as Jonathan, a kind of a, a, a wilderness <laughs> fan, as it were, that is only just now there. discovering Doctor least. Who for the first time? And I just think it'd be brilliant to go back now and start seeing stuff for the first time. I'd love to be able to say, I've never seen Earthshock for example, and just go and watch Earthshock for yeah. the first time and see it with fresh eyes. You can't do that, but for people of your generation, Jonathan, to be able to do that, is it kind of mind-blowing to discover that there is this huge amount of stuff out there? Yeah, you, you couldn't really quantify it at that time. You had the list, mm -hmm. but then some, some stories were two episodes, some stories were, well, 10, 12, some dots didn't even exist anymore, yeah. and getting your head around that, it's, it's a big rabbit hole to go down when you can discover it. And even if, when you see something that catches your eye, getting hold of it is, was the real challenge. Mm -hmm. Like now, you sign up to BritBox, it's all there, you can watch it from start <laughs> to finish, you don't know how good you've got it, frankly. <laughs> um, so back then, you just have to appreciate what you've got, and I think that perhaps gave me a love for some perhaps unusual stories, mm -hmm. sort of defying the, the, the wider received wisdom, because you just have to cherish what you had what you couldn't yeah. get hold of. Yeah. Um, like I've got a soft spot for the Horns of Nymon, which people consider not the best story. Yeah, but in fact, we've lost one at the back. Just <laughs> 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 There's some John's ambulance in at all. Those famous words. But it's just one I happen to have, so I learned to love it. But it's funny because, I mean, I can remember when Revenge of the Cybermen first came out on VHS. Um, and that, again, is not probably on anybody's top ten favourite list. But again, because it was the first commercial video that was released, 
I just watched it incessantly mm. and grew to love it purely and because you, it you could well. actually re-watch it. Mm. Um, Megalos is my story like that because Megalos was the first story that went out when I had my first ever VHS recorder. Ah. So. Megalos episode one recorded, watched every single day <laughs> until God, the following that's Saturday. That's no wonder you've turned out happy. I know it's, it's, it's obviously broken me in, in some way, but yeah, Megalos is a story. People go, "Oh, Megalos is terrible." I go, "No," because nostalgically, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously you're mad to think because <laughs> that's just insanity. But I totally get that it's that nostalgia thing of mm. this is the story I have immersed yeah. myself in, and I was, yeah. So in 2005, they started making more of it. How <laughs> dare they? And they're still making more of it. It's it's never ending. It's self renewing. Well, talking about what what exists and, and what doesn't, Jonathan. I want to ask you about the character that you play on audio at the mm. moment, because we've heard Tim talk about trying to to uh, recapture what John Pertwee had done with the, with the third Doctor and how you've evolved that, Tim, over the last few years, as box sets, all those stories. But you, that's very much one side to a similar coin, isn't it, with what you're doing, Jonathan. Mm. There's a character there that was originally created, in, embodied, and brought to the screen by the late Sir John Hurt. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's very little that we know about that character, his in, inflections, mm -hmm. his habits, he ha didn't have the, the screen time to build up. He had very little not just Not just think. clock up stories, but mm. idiosyncrasies and to dig deep into yeah. that character. So for yourself as an actor and as a, as a voice, voice artist, is that liberating? Is that next to a blank slate that you can dive into? Or do you actually envy Tim a little? There's a little more to go back to and to dig into and to, and to turn around and to, and to push on with? Yeah, it is, it is interesting because we've got the one, well, we've got the special day of the Doctor where he's sharing screen time with two other incarnations as well, mm -hmm. which kind of diminishes, well, not diminishes it, but um, sharing that load, that, that, that spotlight is, is, is shared. Um, and then he did the um, set of stories for, for Big Finish. So I was trying to gather everything I could. Back There's always one, isn't there? We it's forgot to make the announcement. Please turn off. I'm the so phone. sorry. <laughs> it's not even a hoot. I'll forgive you. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I know what it is. You've pressed the little button that makes your phone ring, so you. That was it. Yeah, that was it. That was I'm the one. so sorry. I was enjoying myself so, so much. I'm so sorry about that. So <laughs> not that sorry. <laughs> so, out of interest, Tim, then coming back to Doctor Who yes. stories for yourself, yeah. then is there is there one you you sort of said that you got into Doctor Who with Tom Baker, but then sort of drifted away. Yeah. But is there still? Do you still go back and watch Doctor Who? Or, or have yeah. Well, we. The Pertwee years, yeah. Um, but is there, are you watching the Pertwee years purely because of what you're doing now? That's how it started, yeah. But I'm enjoying that. I'm working my way through them. The last one I saw was the Autons, um, Spearhead in Space. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. In fact, I recreated. I recreated. He, he nearly knows his stuff. From Space. <laughs> I recreated good. the shower scene, by the way, for the. Um, not yeah, sure we want to know about Spearhead that. Spearhead Commission. <laughs> in the actual, yeah, in Kubiak really Museum, in the actual shower itself. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if you don't believe me, don't believe me, dear. Did you get the tattoo? You need to get the tattoo. I got the tattoo, tattoo of the snake, yeah. Maybe you just, you, just you wimped out, didn't I you? I did wimp out on that <laughs> part. Did you put the shower? Yes. Okay, I'll show you a picture later, if you don't believe me. We need the picture. I'll show you a picture. But the Damon's is my favourite one, I have to say. I know you mentioned it. But there is a couple of things in there that I don't get. You know that, I can't remember her name, the White Witch? Who's in there? Oh, so yeah, yes. there. There's a policeman. Oh, there's a, there's a gust of wind. Mm. Obviously, he, he, picks he picks up a rock, and then, he, and then he says, "Oh," and he and he comes back to normal. But she doesn't say, "Why have you got that massive rock uh, on you?" What she looks at him and she doesn't say, "Why are you holding that massive rock?" Also, I'm going to have to rewatch this. John Levine as well. Think about this. At the end, when the master's getting arrested, yeah. 
John Levine's got a gun, okay. and the master just puts his cloak on him and he falls over. Oh, Tim. That was the other one, and also... Stop it! I bet no, Stop it I now! I bet no one, out, no one here knows that who, the two teams playing rugby that Sergeant Benton and Mike Yates are watching. Anybody? Anybody out there? There are two teams playing Go rugby. You, you, sir, do you know? Nobody knows. Go on. Oh, you England. better know this now. I do know. It's England, South Africa. It's only because I was trying to date the episode. Ah. I was trying to date when they were trying to actually... Actually, not film the episode when they were trying to um, set it. Okay, and you yeah. said you're not a fan. And uh, they didn't make it. Yeah, that is quite geeky. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit geeky. That is a bit geeky. That is quite geeky. That's pretty geeky. Talking of trying sorry. to date things, Simon. I've, yes. been, I've been taking a look. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry about this, no, but I have to take a look in the Doctor Who diary. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which yeah. is obviously I know it's your book. It's my but book. You left, it's my you thing. Left it out. What was I supposed to do? And I found out that on the second of September, this day. In Doctor Who history, yeah. on the date that we're recording this Type 40 live at Hooverville 14, on the 2nd of September 2015, yeah. Big Finish, Big Finish Productions published the third Doctor Adventures, starring starring Tim Trelaw. It's all about you. Oh, really? With Katie Manning, Richard Franklin, Caroline Carolyn Seymour, and George Layton of 70s icons, all the way back in 2015, eight years ago yeah, today, you your first box set was it today? today? Oh, wow. I don't we don't have to have a list together, you know. Yeah, it's all about you. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, You've got more little facts. Yeah. I've got plenty of little facts. It's your book. But yeah, yeah. If, he will, if he will leave it lying around. Oh, wow. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? So, yes, also, yeah. uh, episode one of the second Doctor Adventure, Gary, you, you're too young to remember this. Obviously. So, episode one of the Second Doctor Adventure, The Tomb of the Cybermen, that was originally broadcast on Saturday, the se September the 2nd, 1967. Can you guess, can, would you like to take a punt as to how many people watched that on that evening back in the autumn of 1967, Gary? 7.8 million. Oh, one. Okay. Well, that's close. Can we get a prize? Yeah, can we get news yeah, from Jonathan Carley. 8.5. Many advances. Right, I've got 8.1. <laughs> oh, no, in that case, Gary definitely wins the prize because he's definitely closest with uh, six million. Six oh, million viewers. Yeah, six million right viewers. On. And there was another, another opening. Yeah, but it's two of the Sidemen. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> crap. <laughs> oh, here we go then. There's, there is another opening instalment yeah. from today, 1978. So, what was the opening instalment today, 1978? Say again. No, Hi, boss. Yes, another round of applause, please, for Gary Russell. Oh, sad man, sat here. Of course, I know it's my boss. You're hiding it really, really well. You sort of thought about it for a few seconds, oh, didn't you? Just to try oh, um, um, let me work it out. Oh, I think it might possibly be rivals from episode one. Yeah. Yeah, not, you can't just not, never take the fan out of it, you can't take the actor out of Gary Russell there. Uh, but yes, on the 2nd of September 1978, yeah. that was when the rebus operation commenced, oh. part one. Should we, should we yeah, let's, let's try viewers on this one then. How many viewers, Gary, for, for this one, for rebus operation part one? What year? 1978. Oh. Tom Baker. Okay. So this I'm, I'm going to plumb again for 7.8. Okay, I'm coming to you, Tim. Nine. Okay, Jonathan? I'll go 8.5 again. No, actually, you can't change it. I'm going to change no. mine. <laughs> I'm going to go 7.5. 7.5. What was yours, Gary? 7.8. 7.8. 8.5. <laughs> uh, Jonathan is, is yeah. virtually spot on with 8.3 million. Oh, Round of oh, you weren't even there, you weren't even thought of. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, in 1995, on the 2nd of September, oh, yeah. Real Time Pictures, are you aware of their work? Vaguely. <laughs> Vaguely. Is that Keith Barnfather? I, I, I forget. Yeah, apparently, apparently so. <laughs> we're all right. We love you, Keith. 
On, 19, on the 2nd of September 1995, yeah. real-time pictures released downtime. Oh. Which is uh, obviously that's oh, the that's what started. Nicholas Courtney did this, and Deborah Watling, Elizabeth yeah. Sladen, yeah. and uh, lots of Yeti, as I remember. There were lots of yeah. silver balls, silver balls, balls everywhere. <laughs> lots of balls, Red, yeah. lots of balls. Yeah, a lot of balls in that story. Um, <laughs> no, I won't say it. No, don't. I'm being good. I'm trying. Move on. We, trying. We'll get a YouTube strike. You know that. Yes, and uh, yeah, what Move else on. have we got? Oh yes, but this is a good one. You like this, Tim? Yeah. So on the. Can you imagine what? <laughs> I'm asking the wrong bloke. Okay, on the on the second of September, 1666. Mm. There is also a connection to Doctor Who. So we need the great fire. So we need we need and we need the connection to the story as well. If you're going to go for it, what was that? Well, a half point yeah. each. Yeah. Yes. Peter's got it. Anyone? Peter's yes. got it. Well done, young man. Well done, yes, on the 2nd of September, 1666, you're quite right, it was the Great Fire of London, that date in history, and uh, in the season 19 story, the, the fifth Doctor, these things happen, he accidentally started the Great Fire of London. We've all done it. Did he? It's easily done. Yeah. It is easily in done. In Lane? In yeah, absolutely. In Pudding Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, was, it was a, a terileptical gun. Oh, yeah. Burst into flames. Burst into flames. I mean, yeah. who knew? Yeah. Got, the, got the warranty on that. Yes. So what else? Yeah. Oh, we have got one control. more. So also published on the second of September, 1999. It's not one of yours, Gary. But the Nine Should Lives be. of Doctor Who. That was written by Peter Haining. Anybody remember the writer Peter Haining? Oh. Used to just did loads. Did loads of books, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he published the Nine Lives of Doctor Who. That was with headline. So it was an unofficial title. All these others have been official, haven't they? Mm -hmm. But I've mm -hmm. still not got that one. And, and, and Gary, I mean, you know, you've written a fair load of Doctor Who books in your time, haven't you? Uh, you know, you've done loads, you've done loads and loads of Doctor Who books. But the question I really want to know is, what's your favourite episode of the Famous Five, please, sir? Classics. <laughs> <laughs> Five go off on a hike. <laughs> are you being serious? Yes. That's a genuine. You that's me a the genuine answer. Give you the answer. Has there ever been a, fi uh, a Famous Five convention? Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Ian Blyton's huge, all around the world. Mm -hmm. Quite right, I've been too. to conventions in the UK, I've been to conventions in Germany. It's the only time I've ever been to Germany, actually, it's a famous <laughs> event. Yeah, and, and how is it looking back, because it's just been remastered, hasn't it, for blue And so how is it looking back? Anybody else out there seen Gary Russell and his, uh, his brilliant portrayal of Dick uh, in the Famous Five? Oh, that, that fellow over there. God, it's like being back at school <laughs> again. It wasn't oh, even you played a game. It's called Dick. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing of all is the title sequence. You're right. Which I'm falling in the water, freeze frame, the word Dick comes up. <laughs> straight <laughs> across the I mean, it really couldn't have been any more embarrassing when I was 14 oh. years old than that, and then being at school. And people, well, you didn't have screen games, but they kind of like draw it when I wasn't looking on the. Oh, it's Hamey for a dick across his crotch. So, yeah, thank you. I had to live with that for the next. There is, there is at least one years. person out here who's already shown me on their screen. They had. There we go. There it yeah, is. There it is. There it is. Thank I you. Mean, how do you oh, live that down? I don't need to live it down. You see, see down. the thing you've got problems, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you've got to live with that every day. Happily so, so. And of course, now Gary, they're bringing uh, they're bringing the Famous Five back to television, filming in Cardiff. Absolutely. Where I live. So, so do you think there's any possibility of seeing your dick again on television? There is no possibility. Back to that well again. But nice try, Simon. <laughs> you can keep making the dick jokes. I'll bat them away. <laughs> no, we, we. In all seriousness, uh, Jennifer, who played Anne, um, actually got in touch with the production team and said, look, the three of us, yeah. we're still here. 
because um, sadly Michelle's no longer with us. And the dog is too. We, the we would, uh, you know, do you want us to come and be extras? We could be in a cafe or something like that. And she got this email back from the production team going, "No, thank you. We have no intention of going down that route." I was like, Rude. Rude. Richard Hatch went back to Battlestar Galactica. Gary Russell yes. should go back to the famous fire. Yeah. Oh, it would be crazy. Somebody very not. kindly said to me recently, Well, you should go back and play Uncle Quentin. And I pointed out that Uncle Quentin is in his 30s. I'm 30 years too old to play Uncle Quentin. But I could be some kind of weird old scary man on a beach going, like, Away with you, kids. <laughs> but it was not to be. Absolutely rude. I can't believe it. I don't know why would they turn turn that down? It's a, it's a brilliant opportunity. But it is coming out to sound Blu-ray, apparently, and can't wait to see that. Mm. It's, it's, it's all good stuff. Same as Wurzel Gummidge has just come out on Blu-ray. Have you been watching that? No, what, you mean the new one with Mackenzie Crook? No, the proper one. Oh, is it really? It's out on Blu-ray. What's that again? I'm looking at Gary's shirt there with the Vision On logo. Yeah, we do need it. Can we? Can we please? Uh, let's have a look on uh, the Vision On T-shirt, which is just oh, breathtakingly brilliant. Who remembers Vision On? Yeah. The gallery. But of course, nostalgia and and the celebration of pop culture, stretching back through probably through the. 50s even with mm. Muffin the Mule. My mother was a big fan of Muffin the Mule back then. But it did it's all through the 60s and 70s, the golden age of television. And now we seem to talk so much about about the television past and the past of mm. music. Mm. Do you think we're at a point where we could be overdosing on nostalgia as a as a people, Tim? You know, do you own, do you listen to new music or did you no. just the old stuff? I need a swore then. I'm with you on this one, Tim. Absolutely not. It's awful. Correct. It's crap. It's like Music with me is the jam, the specials, mm. and then you go back to the Who, Small Faces, Class Stones, the Kinks, things Gary like that. Gary Newman. Yeah, Gary, Gary Newman. Newman. Gary Newman, yeah. Music now is really, I mean, look, there's some great house tunes and things like that, but yeah, most of it is. But do you, sorry, Tim, do you not think, and I'm not defending modern music, but do you not, in your head as you're saying that, think back to your parents yes. who would have said of the oh, jam and the specials, yeah, yeah, they'd yeah. have gone, Modern music, yeah, that's yeah, not no, proper yeah, music, you yeah. know. You, of course. You, you want Billy Cotton, of course. Or yeah, I recognise I'm like well over the hill from, from modern music. I mean, I've got friends my age who love, you know, they listen to six music all the time and they and they know I the music. I, just, I just can't, music can't get, I don't want to. <laughs> but I, I, just can't, I just can't get a feeling for it, I just can't get it. Whereas Jonathan, mean? I'm guessing, what, what sort of music are you into then? Come on, you're the. I'm you're not the very musical at all, to be honest. If I listen to anything, it tends to sway towards uh, film soundtracks and so, things like that. Okay then, so you enjoy your films. Do you, do you have another geeky side to you apart from Doctor Who? <sighs> yeah. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars is a big one. Oh, that, that was the first well love before Doctor Who, really. Um, because I remember watching, I think it was a neighbour who lent us the video, and then getting the, the trilogy later on. And that was, because it was around that time, 96, 97, mm -hmm. when special editions. Correct. I don't know if that's a dirty word around here. Slightly. Came out. Um, and yeah, it had that second wave, yeah. really. And also. When it was really small, sort of the early 90s, Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet did the rounds again. And then towards the late noughties came back a second time when mm -hmm. they were sort of older enough to appreciate it. Because that was huge again. It was when Tracy Island once again was the must-have toy of that Christmas. Who was she? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen a couple of her films. <laughs> yeah. God, why do I say, no, why do I I say these you. things? We were doing so well. We got through my yeah. dick jokes. 
drop us in it again. I say, I'm, I'm watching actually. I'm watching series Thanks. three on DVD of The Professionals again. Oh, okay. now you're yeah, talking. Yeah, love The Professionals. Look, right, okay then. So, was television better back in the day? There's, there's a. It depends, it depends how much you watch it, isn't it? It depends your age as well. I mean, I think so. I, I used to watch much more TV then. Mm -hmm. and Grange Hill used to love and yeah. professionals, but asking I, much, all that. Yeah. Is television better? It's a different beast, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's you can't you can't, it's apples and pears. You literally can't compare. Sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, noughties on was television. They're all very different because they're made differently. But what I think is important with something you're saying like the professionals is you're watching it because it's nostalgia mm -hmm. because watching it you feel safe because watching it makes you go back and think mm -hmm. when you were a kid watching that the first time and that's what nostalgia does and that's why everyone in this room <coughs> because we're Doctor Who fans we are all bathed in nostalgia our entire existence yes. is based yeah. around something to do with nostalgia because yeah. we feel comfortable with yeah. nostalgia yeah. and it isn't that modern anything actually isn't good we have no nostalgia for it yeah. but people who are, who, are, who are Cooper's age, in 20, 25 years' time, are going to look back on the music they listened to when they were the, the age he is now, and the films and the TV, and that will be the nostalgia for him. Yeah. And we, we shouldn't dismiss modern stuff because we don't have the nostalgic attachment to it. Nostalgia is a beautiful thing, and I, and I think it's great that okay. we all love our, our TV and everything, but everything is nostalgia for someone. As, as we go forward. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm very serious. Yeah, well, you're right. 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 We almost turned into Parkinson there. Everything, <laughs> everything in moderation. Absolutely. Time. Maybe final question, because I think we are running out of time, sadly. Um, will we ever stop talking about Doctor Who? Will we ever run out of things to talk about oh, God, I hope with not. Doctor Who? <laughs> no. You, you know, no, I mean, here we are again. It's just, as you say, Gary, we're all here because of nostalgia. We all love Doctor Who so much. Even Tim is getting dragged I'm into the thing. <laughs> I'm loving it. Now I'm here. Never ending. You do kind of think, will we ever actually run out of things to talk about? Because we just keep I doing it, don't we? Probably not. Well, I think there would have been a t sorry. I think there would have been a time in the '90s when it wasn't on that if we hadn't had the wilderness years, if we hadn't had that creativity that that pushed through that. That would have been the testing ground as to whether there was a finite point with Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. yeah. We got through that. So no, even if the show wasn't on air today, I think there will always be conventions, there will always be fans, there will always be people talking about Doctor Who because we survived the, lot, the lack once. Mm -hmm. Now it'll, it'll just run in our heads forever. If it hadn't come back then, do you think... I think we'd still have the same fandom. It would be the very. I think we'd still have fandom, but it'd be a very different fandom, be and it would be a, a, a dwindling fandom. Truth of, is, there'd be less people here. Wasn't yes, today. of course yeah. there would. And is it is it because of it, its renaissance that it's gone worldwide? You know, it's America. It's huge in America, and all well, it was always it was always, yeah. it was always quite culty in America. But yeah, yeah, the Russell's stuff, particularly with David and then with Stephen with, with Matt Smith, took it to a much bigger audience yeah. in America. And the moment that happened because it's America, the world kind of sits up yeah. and goes, oh, this is a really important thing. This, yeah. Is, yeah. this is something we can now talk about yeah. in an adult way, rather than the sniggering, oh, Doctor Who, oh, look, there's people that like Doctor Who, snigger, snigger. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, God, this is a big cultural phenomenon, um, because it had that comeback in, in 2005. And it is all accessible now. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are, you can, you can reach it. That barrier is gone. Yep. Mm -hmm. So as each successive generation or culture comes in, and discovers a new perspective on it, a new connection of it. It'll open a whole new discussions that we hadn't even thought about, whether it be a sh an episode <coughs> that was on last year or back in 1963.
there'll always be something new to discover in there and it keeps renewing, it keeps being more of it and that's the, the, that's the, the beautiful, beautiful thing, it, it is self-renewing and it inspires people to, to get on board with that and make their own, yeah. to engage and interact. Well Jonathan there's probably now I'd say there must be more Doctor Who produced probably on audio than there, than there was on video now, just from Big Finish, well, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. From Big Finish alone. Yeah. Why do you think Doctor Who works so well in the audio medium? I think it's partly due to the nostalgia, finding that safe space, that escape from everything so intense now. Just be able to, not, not exactly switch off, but just immerse yourself in something. Take yourself away. Take yourself away and relive something old but new at the same time. Um, and it invites a personal connection because those images you create in your mind, they're all yours. Mm -hmm. They're nobody else's. You cast it, you, you decide yep. what the lighting's like, you what the You decide what the special like. effects look like. Even though the big finished cover artwork gets better and better and yeah. better, it, it, there's still a lot that one has to bring from within. Yeah. And you can tell different types of stories because of the medium and because of the audience it's reaching, mm -hmm. um, which perhaps the TV series can't because it's trying to get to everyone. Um, you, you, you can find that really niche sweet, sweet spot. There is something for you out there. You feel like this is this this is for me. This is mine. You know, you can't really ask for any more than that. And it just really invites that strong personal connection, which I think is very very special. I think my last question has to be to you, Tim. Uh, which one, if you could play them in a, a TV remake, who would you rather play, Bodie or Doyle? Bodie. In a second. <laughs> I could tell you a really filthy story later, but I won't say. But yeah, Bodie, but I don't. Who would you? Who would you be? Yeah, it would be Bodie. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <laughs> would you rather be? Would you rather be Bodie, or would you rather be uh, Martin Skellen in uh, Who Dares Wins? Oh, <laughs> good question. Because I, I just. And not long ago, I've just reviewed that for another podcast from the pa Fandom Podcast Network, everybody. I've got the plug out. So yeah, I did a culture clash on that. I, I watched it on Blu-ray. I bought the oh, Blu-ray. Yeah. It looks spectacular. Oh, it looks a great film. Yeah, it's restored. Never been restored before. I'd rather be, I'd rather be Martin Skelling. Yeah, fantastic. You've got to be in there. Because there's a touch more of the Bond yes, about it. Yes, I agree. Slightly more layers to it. Yeah. And yeah, he's the whole angle with, with his wife as well. Yeah. Like that, all so intriguing. Yeah. It's, just, it's a little bit of a cooler character. No, not the dubious political views as well that Bodie might have had. Well, they keep that. They never, the really fill, they never really fill that in, do they? Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, that yeah, 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 who does wins. Yeah. Do you think, therefore, that Lewis Collins could have played Bond? Oh, yeah. Well, I know he auditioned for it. Yeah. Absolutely. But do you so think he could actually have pulled it off? I think he could. So many don't times know. he was, he was uh, touted for the, for the well, job, wasn't he? Don't I think, think so. Don't do you not, Gary, then? Sorry, Tim. Sorry. No, I don't think You so. don't know? Don't you don't think it was the director of Who Dares Wins who, part of the reason why he made Who Dares Wins is because the guy who directed that, he'd also worked on The Professionals, as had Martin Campbell, strangely enough. Mm -hmm. But the idea was that he'd make Who Dares Wins with Lewis Collins, and it was kind of... Yeah, it was their own film, but he then took that to Eon and said, look, not only have I got you your next Bond, but, you know, I could probably direct it. If you like the look of this, I could probably turn in a Bond film. They didn't take the bait. They had, in fact, Roger Moore, because Roger Moore went to leave Bond two or three times, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he was persuaded 
yeah. to return yeah. but by one by means or another wasn't it just yeah. Pierce Brosnan was lined up for a little while as well yeah see I think it's the suave thing mm. I think that's the lacking thing because although Ian Fleming did say he was a rough Bond, diamond yeah and Bond, Bond's I don't know there's, there's a suave Connery, thing about Bond Connery, isn't there Connery and I can't really see fine. Lewis Connor doing that although Ian Fleming wrote that he was a thug in a Savile Row suit yeah, so and that's why the character in Who Dares Wins, he is, he's got the yeah, he's slightly he's more refined. He's a thug, isn't he? Maybe yeah. Lewis Collins should have been the Doctor, who knows. Um, <laughs> what can we say? Thank you guys for coming in and listening. Thank you so much. Big round of applause. Tim Trelaw, John Garlic, Gary Russell. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU Podcast, discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. We've teased and tantalised you there, and we can even clothe you too. There's merch to match all of those shows, including Type 40. Just head over to tpublic.com, search for the Fandom Podcast Network, and that's where you'll find a store full of all the team colours for all of the shows on everything from little mugs right the way up to T-shirts and enormous tapestries seeing is believing treat yourself treat your other selves all goes to support the fandom podcast network into the bargain too so everybody wins yes that was our our panel on stage there on saturday the 2nd of september 2023 at quad in derby at hooverville 14 does it seem that long ago to you <laughs> uh, do you know what i cannot believe it, it's actually what is it a few months ago now four or five months four or five ago months now. yeah um yeah it's it's amazing is it what what's lovely about it as well that should be noted is that again you and i were really nervous that we'd have absolutely nobody in the audience whatsoever nobody knew really who we were and we were thinking well we're literally going to be sitting alone in this room with nobody at all 
but it did have an audience and they were really it was a, it was a great audience so if you were there watching sitting there was thank you so much for supporting us because it was great to see people there enjoying themselves and supporting us so thank you to you we got some lovely comments as, as we were departing as well people people had got what we were what we were aiming for what we were what we were trying to do and and, and even the guests were still talking to us by the end of it <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy to say that quad was still standing and yes they're back again this year for hooverville 15 that's saturday the 31st of august 2024 coming soon as the big graphic says across all of the hoovers social media and on their website so you can go and look them up and book it up and maybe we'll see you there yes simon it was a hell of an experience and and the guests were all as i say very very encouraging and game we tried to find questions that they wouldn't have been asked several times yeah. that day and at various in interviews and things like that they would have done over that time and as such we had a very type 40 hour or so with people sort of shooting the breeze and yeah. we hit we hit a couple of relevant points just enough <laughs> uh, yeah i think so and the thing is that, that that and this is where as i say i just feel that we we resonate very well with hooverville because it's uh, unlike unlike something like um uh, an official bbc convention such as the kind of mm. celebration that they held in the 50th year that kind of stuff those have got to obviously hit certain markers and they've got to toe certain lines and hooverville doesn't have that requirement on it and neither do we and, and and so we were able to be a bit more freewheeling with it and run with it a bit and have some fun but not not at the expense of anybody we were certainly not trying to take the mickey out of anybody we were just out trying to have a little bit of fun be a little bit anarchic a little bit naughty brilliant everybody had had a packed day hadn't they yes. whether they'd been going to the panels yeah. in and out of the dealer's room catching yeah. up with old friends you could see that uh, stephen hatchie himself he looked relieved very very relieved <laughs> but also you could see he looked very proud as well yes it's got a great buzz about it, Hooverville. I've, I've said many, many times, I think it's the best convention on the circuit at the moment, to a large extent for me, because it feels old school in a very good way. It feels much more like an old school convention. Um, and that's, that's what I love about it so much. It feels like the kind of conventions that I was hanging around uh, in the mid eighties at, uh, at the same time as Gary Russell was. Um, and, and a lot of conventions these days are much, much more corporate in feel. Um, and, and Hooverville feels that it's by the fans, for the fans, and everybody, all the guests muck in with that as well. And this again is where Hooverville is kind of exceptional in that I've been to other Doctor Who conventions, you know, recently, in, in recent years, where a, a, a guest will be ushered through the convention venue with with a, a, a posse of, of people. So so you still can't sort of get anywhere near to these people. Whereas Uberville, the guests just wander around almost at their own free will. Um, and, and they seem to buy into the ethos of Hooverville, which is if, if, if a guest is just wandering through, going up the stairs, and you want to just stop them and say a quick word to them, 
they'll go with it. They won't be precious either. Um, they seem to calibrate, <laughs> the guests seem to calibrate themselves to that's what the mentality of, of Hooverville is. In fact, uh, it even switches round now and again. I mean, I think it got to the point where it was Paul McGann that was stopping Shaw yes. on the stairs, wasn't it? It can work. It can work very much both ways. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I, I, I think there's still a place. There's a, a, definitely a place for the other kind of events, but it's horses for courses at the end of the day, isn't it? And, and some They're ways, you know, it, it's good to move things on. It's good that this sort of the geek world has expanded in the way that it has, but there's still a lot to be said for a sort of more old school, warmer approach and uh, with everything that comes with it, with all of those trappings that we're all used to, the etiquette involved. Speaking of which, yes, once again, thanks to everybody at the Hoovers, the staff at Quad, our audience there on the day and our guests, Tim Trelaw, Jonathan Carley and Gary Russell. Now, Gary Russell's got this book out. It's just been published this last few weeks. It's uh, his adaptation of The Star Beast, the first of those 60th anniversary specials. It's out as a Target-style paperback there from BBC Books. Whilst Jonathan and Tim continue to play The War Doctor and the third Doctor there for Big Finish in successive box set releases. So keep an eye out at bigfinish.com. And that's the old girl starting up and calling time on another edition of Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast. I'll be back with another one soon. Look out for that wherever you found this. It could have been at the dedicated home feed for Type 40. That's at type40.podbean.com. Maybe we rolled up on the podcatcher of your choice. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, all those places it'd be far easier to tell you the places you couldn't find type 40 we're also on youtube the world's largest streaming platform on the type 40 channel with extended video editions of each and every show now subscribe to type 40 doctor who on youtube now and you can get our other coverage in the run-up and during hooverville 14 itself our live on the spot interviews and that one-to-one chat with the organizer stephen hatcher too as well as that, you get our weekly live stream magazine show, Type 40 Live, completely raw, completely live, where anything can happen, anything can be said, and often is. We're still on the fabulous Fandom Podcast Network's master feed. Of course, we are loaded up with so many treats for your ears. Never mind on the weekly. It's coming at you on the daily. If you take a trip sideways in time for more quality shows from the FPN. And if you'd like to have your say on all of this, reach out to us through our social media, Instagram and X at type 40 Doctor Who or email us type 40 Doctor Who at outlook.com. Then there's always the Type 40 Facebook group too. Masses of new companions who've just joined up in the wake of the 60th anniversary specials, joining our long-standing community there on Facebook. So whatever your take on the specials could be, it can't be argued. They've definitely got us all talking. So look out for our reviews of those coming soon to the podcast. But in the meantime, join up with us there on Facebook and get stuck in. Don't forget, book up for Hooverville 15. Guests are in the process of being announced, Simon. Have you seen that on social media? A few names, classic names, aren't they? And I think there's a lot more to come. I don't think it's our place to spoil that for them here, is it? But where would you suggest they go to find out who's going to be there apart from us? 
they've got to go and find the Hooverville website. They can go and sign up on Quad uh, website itself. And all we would say is don't leave it too late because Hooverville always sells out quite early on. It's not like it's sold out a couple of days beforehand. It'll sell out earlier than that. So if you are thinking you're going, get your tickets sooner rather than later. Get stuck in. And if people want to hear more from you, Simon, where can they find you on social media? They can find me on Facebook under Doctor Who, The Hoonatics, where I am the admin on that particular group. Come and say hello there. And you can find me on X and Instagram as the Spacebook, wheezing and groaning, ranting and raving. It's about all things geeky, inside and outside of the TARDIS. Yes, even though it's a brand new year, it's still the same old guff from me there uh yeah thank you simon thank you for your support there on the day and with everything that we've been doing here at type 40 and type 40 live over the last few years i'm having a blast i can't wait to do some more of it this year genuinely i can't the calendar we're starting to put little things in the diary yeah. in the calendar now aren't we so we've got a fair idea where it's going to go yeah, but then yeah. again with doctor who part of the fun of it is kind of making it up as you go along as well isn't it we've got lots lined up and just because it's no longer the 60th anniversary year doesn't mean we haven't got lots to celebrate because we're now in the 61st year we've got doctor who i mean come on bring it up always something to celebrate in doctor who isn't there thanks simon and thanks to you for listening thanks for watching we always have the time if you have the space here at type 40 take care back soon bye 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 bye